0: Our advice, recommendation, and very much hope for the sake of global stability and order is that the current wave of interest rate rises will be reasonably short term. Hello, this is the
1: weekly Tradecast, a new podcast brought to you by the UN Conference on Trade and Development. I'm Sarah Toms. We're exploring how major events are shaping trade and development and how that affects billions of people around the world. This week, We're looking at interest rates. Central banks globally have been raising interest rates to tackle soaring inflation. Prices of food and energy and most other things have been rising sharply. Part of that is the impact of the war in Ukraine, and part is a rise in consumer spending as COVID restrictions ease. By raising rates, central banks seek to control inflation by making it more expensive to borrow money. But it's a tough balancing act, especially in a tough economy. We're joined now by Anastasia Nezvetailova, head of UNCTAD's Macroeconomic and Development Policies branch. Anastasia was a professor of international political economy at City University of London before joining UNCTAD last year. She's written three books on financial crises and is an avid fan of classical ballet, working on her pirouettes in her spare time. Well, welcome again. Are we seeing a short-term spike in interest rates or will they keep rising? It's
0: a difficult question because it it deals with both risks of decision-making and uncertainty. This deceleration of growth or a danger of slower growth hangs over major world economies and the developing countries. And that adds to policymakers' a range of concerns just how far and how long they should go with the interest rates hikes. We believe it's wrong to target interest rates only as a policy tool. We advocate a policy mix and therefore our advice, recommendation and very much hope for the sake of global stability and order is that the current wave of interest rate rises will be reasonably short term, that we will find a balance and a different policy mix to address inflationary fears and inflationary expectations and not target interest rate only as a tool.
1: How high could they go, though,
0: before causing economic and political problems? they already are causing economic and political problems. We see social and some political instability around the developing world. You have pointed out yourself uh, the pressure of energy and food prices that hit the vulnerable countries most, but not only. There are severe pressures in some advanced economies which reverberate across social classes, across industries, and are having political implications. So... They don't need to go further more or much higher before causing serious political economic damage and raising economic, and environmental risks. In the developing countries, we see major concerns and uh, social uprisings against food shortages, against energy prices, against removal of, of subsidies for key products. In the advanced world, we see some reorganization of political spectrum. And, and as elections come in, voters express their uh, anxiety or fears over economic future and uncertainty. At the multilateral level, we see major problems in, in negotiating a global deal or a global solution. So it, it has many dimensions of Uh, consequences, which are not only to do with interest rates, they're not only to do with the current geopolitical context, but the turn to austerity or to monetary tightening is just making things worse. Now tell me a bit more about the impact
1: for governments and businesses.
0: Higher interest rates in both advanced and developing countries make it more expensive for governments and corporations to borrow and also the households. So just as your mortgage is becoming more expensive with interest rates, so it is more difficult for governments to borrow in capital markets. And considering that government bond markets are the main instrument of raising funds, it is a major hurdle to development, economic stability and growth.
1: What is the impact
0: for governments and businesses in developing countries? One is the impact on their currencies. So as interest rates in the advanced economies go up, the core currencies of advanced economies, and mainly we're talking about the dollar, appreciates. That makes it theoretically easier for developing countries to export to uh, advanced markets Mm. because their currencies go down. But today, in a very complex web of value chains, in fact, you import a lot of ingredients, a lot of supplies for your own production from other markets. And they are also affected by currency changes and interest rate rises and more expensive credit. It's also unclear how easy it is for you as an exporter, for example, to sell your products or services to the advanced markets or economies that are already slowing down. Another area of vulnerability is this effect of a credit becoming more expensive and borrowing becoming less affordable for everybody, Mm. for advanced and developing countries alike.
1: But what about people? What immediate
0: and longer-term issues will they be seeing? They already are seeing that through higher prices for commodities, for key products and for energy. And of course, energy prices determine pretty much the level of prices across the economy in manufacturing and services. But also, as you correctly pointed out, it's the more expensive, more restricted access to loans, to bank loans and to financial market capital. That makes it very difficult for businesses in the developing world to grow. Now,
1: central banks, as we've been talking about, have all been raising interest rates. Is this the best method or the most appropriate method to rein in inflation?
0: It depends on the nature of inflation. Inflation has a variety of causes. It can be driven by different factors. And what we're seeing now is that inflation has at least three components to price rises. About a third of it is due to demand side factors. This is us. This is consumer spending. This is liquidity in the economy. I would say that interest rates as a tool traditionally is targeting that. Particular force. The demand side, it, it makes credit more expensive, it contracts the demand, and therefore it does have the ultimate effect of bringing that part of price rises down. But crucially, and this is where we at ANKTA differ from major interpretations or policy advice to key decision makers, there are two other parts of price rises today. One is something that is the legacy of The pandemic, and this is the supply side shocks, tensions, slowdown, breakdown that still continue. And those problems in the supply chain, Mm -hmm. they add to prices, to pressures on non-demand side of our economy, where we still need logistical chains to restore themselves. In fact, interest rate rises will make it worse. Because, in order to restore logistical change, in order to reassemble your business networks, in order to address the new shocks, you do need flexibility in your financial planning. Higher interest rates make it more difficult, it's their counterproduct. And finally, the third part of inflation rises is something that we call ambiguous. This ambiguous set of factors include corporate markups and the effects of monopoly power of the markets super profits that major corporations that control the markets can charge. It's an important part of this current inflation phase that is really not, not been addressed by interest rate hikes. It requires a different set of institutional responses to market concentration, to corporate power, to corporate behavior, and in fact banking super profits that are now back on the agenda. So that's why relying on interest rates only is a major policy mistake and it's very politically sensitive. But I cannot overestimate the importance of combating corporate and banking power and banking immunity.
1: Thank you to UNCTAD's Anastasia Nezvetailova for being this week's guest. Tune in to the Weekly Tradecast next week and every week for more insights on the most pressing issues around the world of trade and development. There's even more on our website, unctad.org. I'm Sarah Thomas in Geneva, goodbye for now.